This is Dr. Steve Marquardt for ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. Dr. Carla Pugh is one of our rare guests who has earned the right to be called doctor twice, once with a PhD in education technology and the second as an MD. By title, she's an assistant professor of surgery at Feinberg School of Medicine and associate director of Northwestern's Center for Advanced Surgical Education. Dr. Pugh has combined her backgrounds to do some groundbreaking work inventing exam simulators with sensor technology. Thank you for being here today, Dr. Pugh. Thank you. Tell me, why did you start inventing these exam simulators? To be honest, really, was sort of fed up with at least a few learning experiences that I had, specifically those where I felt as a student or resident that I should be able to get detailed information about what was going on, and some of that information I just did not have access to. Either it was something that I felt was visual, but I wasn't able to see. And an example, I was a student in the operating room when a surgeon was doing a suprapubic prostatectomy, and I think I stood there for about an hour and a half and looked at the back of his hand, and at the end of that, he came up with this tumor in his hand. And I just thought, how am I supposed to learn what you just did? I couldn't see anything. That sort of fueled my desire to, to go and get a Ph.D. in education. And the sensor technology came out of a class that I took. How do the exam simulators work? Basically, I buy mannequin models off the shelf. Many of them have already been made for, for teaching purposes or for simulating procedures. And what I do is place my sensors, most of them the skin comes off so that you can change the clinical presentation. When I have that level of access, then I put my sensors on the places of importance with respect to palpation. And I've been able to connect that to a computer interface such that you can see where someone's touching them and with how much pressure on a computer screen when they're doing an exam. How do students respond to that, that kind of information? The students we have now, obviously, are in the information age, and they soak it up like sponges. I mean, it's, it's so automatic for them. Initially, for me, I thought that, you know, a computer screen may detract away from, you know, the, the learning experience bells and whistles and things like that, you know, looking at a screen. But it turned out not to be an issue for them at all. Because the feedback from the computer is immediate and instantaneous, I think that they're able to learn things quickly just looking at the screen and modifying what they're doing with their hands. That scenario happens faster than you or I as an instructor can even verbalize what they're doing wrong. Their response has been amazing, and they're, they mostly tend to be very excited about it. And how do your teachers react to that, being a little bit older and less computer savvy, perhaps? Most of them have had a great time with it, and I think when I first did the pelvic simulator, I interviewed an OBGYN professor who had used it for the first time, and it was fun because he was a, a professor emeritus and was retired and had been you know, teaching pelvic exams for, for 40 years. And he was just so fascinated I had to interview him. And for him, he was just more than excited about it. And, and what he said was it would take him at least 20 minutes to an hour to try and explain to a student and try and, you know, work through with a student using a mannequin, just a mannequin without the computer. 
or in the clinic, you know, going back and forth, and there's certain things you can't say in front of a patient. But in this setting, because there's not a real patient, you know, the students are able to get their questions answered and feel more comfortable asking questions. So he noted two things. One, that he got a lot of questions that he never had heard before. And he also then was able to, to turn something around that may t- have taken 20 minutes to teach someone, you know, into to seconds or less than a minute, that he was confident that they had learned it because he could see it on the screen and they could see it on the screen. So he was very excited about it, and that pretty much been the same experience overall. Perhaps a little bit less frustrated with the experience of teaching with somebody who they're not sure if they're getting it or not. And those are the, the students who, you know, some of them really get it, and there's a medium part, you know, group of students where you think maybe they got it, but definitely those students who you just were sure that they were struggling and you you didn't know why that part's gone. I can see another advantage would be that you can have a student practice it over and over and over again. Yes. As often as needed. And and that they usually don't have the opportunity. In addition, practicing over and over again, but also on different clinical variations. And usually that opportunity is not afforded in the hospital. It's basically whoever gets to to have a patient that says, yes, I don't mind having a student do the exam. That's sort of when you learn it. I know that you have a variety of of simulators. What are some of the other types? You have the pelvic exam simulator. And after the pelvic exam, I did one for the prostate, so a prostate exam, and then I did one for the breast exam. After that, I put sensors in an airway for an intubation model. And more recently, my research engineer and I made a simulator for a shoulder dystocia. Dr. Pugh, I'd like to ask, you have a uh, prostate simulator as well. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that, some of the advantages and disadvantages? I look at the prostate and the pelvic in a similar way in that they're both internal examinations. And so the benefit of the sensors for both the pelvic and the prostate is in a teaching mode, it brings the examination to light. There's no question whatsoever whether a student's touching a certain area or not. It's readily apparent on the computer screen. In the assessment mode, you know, you're, in both cases, you're able to collect the data and quantify someone's performance. But I think that's the biggest issue with the prostate and the pelvic. They're internal. Once their students place their hand, you know, either in the pelvis or the rectum, you can't see what they're doing. Specifically for the prostate, you get a sense that the students are really getting a better understanding of how to map out the prostate and understand the anatomy of the prostate as the whole gland is not accessible or palpable through the rectum. So they have a better understanding of what part of the gland they're palpating and the surface area that's necessary for them to cover to do a complete exam. So it takes some of the subjectivity out of what the student is feeling and makes it a very objective, both for the teacher and for the student. Definitely. And, and we've fielded a fair number of comments from students and professors alike or you know, students before having this technology, you know, made comments to the effect that in this, these particular exams, the pelvic and prostate, that when there's not a computer there, they are trying to get feedback from someone who can't see what they're doing. And so their confidence isn't as high. 
because, you know, even it's like I know this is my esteemed professor who's very well, you know, versed in this area and he does a lot of exams, but he really can't see what I'm doing and it and it's not I'm not really sure if I'm being reassured that, you know, he's telling me that I'm doing the right thing. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the other simulators you've developed? Sure. So the breast simulator has the same sensor technology. It has a few more sensors in it than the pelvis and the, the prostate, largely just, you know, due to the, the surface area. Interestingly enough, you know, so the breast is not an internal exam, and the difference with this one is if, you know, if I'm a surgeon in a clinic and I feel a mass on a patient, if the patient is willing, I can have the student place their hand on the mass and get an idea of what breast cancer or, or some mass feels like, and I'm confident that they touched it in the moment. So the sensor technology for the breast exam is really more useful in the assessment mode, meaning when I'm testing someone, then I can store a computer file that says how they did the exam. And that's another large part of my research is sort of quantifying what a proper examination looks like for the breast, pelvic, and prostate. Another component of the breast is, again, I struggled with finding a a mannequin model off the shelf. The breast is the most difficult one because breasts are all shapes, different palpation and densities, and that made it sort of a little difficult to find a, a model for the breast. So we had several companies pitch in and give us different aspects, and now we have a layered breast system where the skin comes off, and then we're able to change whether it's a, a largely fatty breast that has a two-centimeter mass or a more dense breast similar to that of a teenager that has a two-centimeter mass, and that has been extremely helpful for the students. This is Dr. Stephen Marquardt on Reach MD XM Channel 233, speaking with Dr. Carla Pugh, inventor and innovator in the field of exam simulators with sensor technology. Her pelvic exam simulator is being used in over 60 nursing and medical schools. Now, Dr. Pugh, you've also developed an emergency airway simulator. Can you tell us a little bit about that? With this procedure, again, as with all the others, you know, it's a similar sensor technology, and we took some of the -the off-the-shelf mannequins, and we put sensors on the face, in the mouth, the airway, in the esophagus, and in various areas on the, the neck and the mandible, any place that an anesthesiologist may or may not touch or actually shouldn't touch when they're doing this procedure. And for this one, it's just been extremely exciting. I can capture an intubation from beginning to end in terms of everything that was touched, exactly what point in time that the, you know, the laryngoscope was put in the mouth, whether you were leaning on the teeth or not, how much pressure you were putting on the teeth, and exactly at what point the ET tube went past the vocal cords. And we had just have not had access to this level of data for a hands-on clinical skill before. Are there any other simulators that you're looking to develop in the future? Well, as I said, we have a prototype for a shoulder dystocia model, and we're working with the OBGYN physicians at, at Northwestern. This has been pretty exciting because this is the, the first time we've actually attempted to develop a baseline mannequin from scratch because there, there wasn't one on the market that this group felt was adequate for their, their needs, which was a focus on team training. And so our task was then to create a maternal model and a fetal model and make it such that the fetus gets stuck in the birth canal 
on the way out, and it's, you know, shoulder dystocia, so that the shoulder is stuck, and then you have the sensation that there's a tight space, and then you have to go through several maneuvers for, for the baby to be delivered. And so there was a mechanical, a biomechanical component to it. And once we did that, then we were able to put sensors on the baby, on the mom's pelvis, and we're now able to capture exactly what's done in that process and in what the clinicians are doing to try and alleviate my baby in distress. That sounds very exciting as far as getting the training that's, that's so often necessary, but the practical experience is, is lacking until that moment when it comes into call. We've been talking to technology education expert and inventor Dr. Carla Pugh, assistant professor of surgery at Feinberg School of Medicine and associate director of Northwestern Center for Advanced Surgical Education. Thanks, Carla, for making it easy for us to learn how to give pelvic and prostate exams with confidence. I'm Dr. Steve Marquardt on Reach MDXM Channel 233.